You're listening to the PT Profit Podcast, episode number 56. Today, I'm coming at you with 10 Instagram growth and engagement hacks for 2021. Are you ready? Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Beverly Simpson, former fitness manager turned online personal training business owner. And this podcast is where smart fitness professionals, including trainers and clinicians, discover how to increase client performance in movement, package and position their products and services and get out of their own way so that they can increase their revenue to live a life that they love without sleazy sales. Welcome to the PT Profit Podcast. What's up, Coach? Beverly Simpson here, and welcome back to another episode of the PT Profit Podcast. Thank you so much for pushing play today. Today is just you and me, and we're talking all about 10 Instagram growth and engagement hacks for 2021. Now, I don't know if you follow me over on the Instagram, but this podcast episode was inspired by the two posts that I did a couple weeks ago regarding Instagram growth. Now, the reason why I did a doing a podcast on this is because when I go to write a post and I get so passionate about it, I realize, oh, it's too long for this description box. Then it automatically signals to me that I need to be recording a podcast all about this info because it's very, it's my number one question that I get asked. Well, actually I'll call it my number two question because the first one is what should I post? My, my second question is how do I grow? So I wanted to come in here and just start breaking it down for you. Now I would be remiss not to mention that I will talk to you about Instagram growth, but I just want to caution you and remind you that Instagram growth and engagement is awesome. It can be very powerful in your business, but it is borrowed space. So if it is the only way that you are relying on feeding the pipeline for your business, then you're running a very big risk because it's not your space. And so what do I mean by that? I mean, has there ever been a time when you've been posting on Instagram, pouring your heart out, all of a sudden the engagement dips or you're, you're not getting as much reach or, or have you ever had the experience or spoken to someone who lost their account? Now, this is not to fear monger to say, oh, Instagram's bad or the algorithm's not in my favor. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just shining a light and reminding you that Instagram is borrowed space and it can be powerful. But one of the things that we also want to be doing is finding the ways that we can pull people off Instagram into your email list, into your text message list. Instagram's awesome, but we want to move people off the platform because it's borrowed space. The other thing I wanted to say about Instagram before we start diving into the 10, I know that might be a little overwhelming, but I figure I'd give you 10 for this episode. Hacks for Instagram is that I want you to remember that this platform specifically can be powerful because it's a social platform, meaning that it's designed to entertain and also connect 
with potential clients and with people. And so the reason why it can be very powerful is that the barrier of connection is very small. You're literally potentially one ask away from generating 10K a month. You're one DM away from growing your Instagram account, from growing your business's bottom line. So Instagram is a very powerful tool, so much so that even Facebook is starting to mirror some of the connecting tools that Instagram has that Facebook didn't have before. For example, when you send a direct message on Instagram, you're notified. You weren't notified on Facebook until recently. Hashtags are a very powerful tool on Instagram, so much so that Facebook is starting to use hashtags in a similar fashion. So we will focus primarily on Instagram today, but I'll sneak in a few Facebook tips as well as we start getting going. So let's go ahead and dive in. Number one, razor's edge content. So now what do I mean by razor's edge? Okay. So I leave this as number one because it's the most important thing to say, but I want to make sure that I am clear and that I'm talking about this in a way so that it doesn't send my overthinkers into overthinking and and feeling fear and worrying about getting it right. Because it's not about getting it right. It's about serving. However, we have to talk about this. And I feel like most people don't talk about the importance of the razor's edge components of your content. So what do I mean by that? So this comes from one of my mentors, Jim Fortin. He talks about this a lot in life, really, which is the importance of caring about everything and nothing at the same time. And why I'm referencing that lesson specifically with content is that we want to be able to look at our content objectively and really ask ourselves, is this content good? And what do I mean by good? I mean, specifically, you know, how do you know if it's good? Well, you'll look at your insights. You're going to know by the shares, by the engagement, by if it's resonating. There are two important ways that I approach my content creation. And that's not to say that I'm looking in my Instagram and I'm surveying my people and saying, hey, what do you guys want to learn? What do you guys know? What do you guys want? That's not actually what I do. What I really do is I get very clear on who I'm serving, who my person is, what they're struggling with poke the pain and give them the solution. I'm going to write a list of all of the beliefs that my client has, all the beliefs that the industry teach my client, why they're struggling. I'm going to make a case for my lines in the sand. And sometimes that's going to cause people to get and, you know, I laugh because I, I kind of equate it to my children, which is I'm going to give them a little bit of what they like, and I'm going to give them what they need. And sometimes people can't always ask for what they need because they don't even know that their perspective needs shifting. So that's what I mean about razor's edge content, because that's going to be a little bit, it's going to go against the grain. 
it's not going to always be, this is exactly what your people want. That's like giving your kids mac and cheese every single day for every single meal. That's not what I'm talking about. But at the same time, I also need to look at my content. So this is the second way that I look at my content is that I need to know, is it getting likes? Is it getting shared? Is it getting, is it resonating? Is it, is it getting in front of the people that need to see it? So that's what I mean about looking at it clinically and not caring about anything, not caring how it's going to resonate, not caring if it's going to hurt people's feelings. The caring in the sense that, is it reaching my people? And if not, then one of two things are happening. I need to crank up some of these other tips that we're going to talk about. Meaning go find my people and bring them to my page. Or I need to look at the content and ask myself, is this going over their head? Am I not meeting them where they're at? Am I increasing the overwhelm? Am I getting through? Am I actually shifting the perspective? And that's not an always an easy feat. It is not easy to pour your heart into something because you love it. This is that one component of caring about everything, but then you have to let it go and detach and not care what the, what the people are going to say and not care whose feelings you're going to hurt. This is what I mean about pouring into caring about what you're doing because you pour your whole heart into the piece of content. That's the care piece. And you're coming from a place of service. The not caring part is not worrying about offending anyone because you're coming from a place of knowing that this message needs to get out because it's going to serve people. Not caring in the sense that you're looking clinically at your piece and wondering, is this getting engagement? Is it getting shared? And when you ask yourself what's causing that, it's not coming from a place of, do they like me? No, it's coming from a place of, was I articulate? Did I poke the problem? Did I reach? Did I connect my ideal client? And if it's not, then we need to take a look at who's hanging out at your page. Are your ideal clients hanging out at your page? And if the answer is no, that's okay. It's a good thing. Now the data is telling us where to go and where to look. So it's a good thing. I want to be abundantly clear that a good compared, compared to what, and that there's no such thing as perfect. And it, this tip is not designed to just send you into overthinking because it's going to lead me into my second tip, which I'm sure you've heard before, but it's still important to say, uh, and, and to remember that you only get better by staying consistent. That if you didn't show up or if you were wanting to get it perfect, that'd be like your client saying, hey, I'm going to hire you as soon as I get fit. I'm going to go get in shape and then I'm going to get a personal trainer. So that's not what we're wanting to do here. But in order to get the data required to get better, it's going to lead to tip number two, which is con consistent posting. Now I just did a piece of content on it, that content out there that said, you know, just post every day is possibly the worst advice you can get. And now the reason why I'm saying that is not because posting every day is a bad 
strategy. In fact, it's number two. If you want to grow your Instagram account, the internet does not know that you exist. You need to post every day. You need to test out your content. You need to know if it's resonating. You need to know if it's reaching, if it's shifting perspectives, if it's connecting you with your ideal client. Because remember, Instagram is a social platform. So you need to be posting consistently. You need to be testing things out and you need to be resonating with your people. Now, in that piece of content that I said, just post every day is one of the worst pieces of advice that you could get. That is because it's going to go back to the first tip, that razor's edge content, and also a little bit of the second and the third tip, which I'll, sum, I'll get to. But when you are creating, it's important that you have intention and no what the intention is behind the piece of content. Are you creating to be persuasive and influential? And it's not about whether or not that's bad or wrong. I'm not talking about sleaze, but I'm talking about anytime you create a post that's designed to shift piece of perspective or designed to shift perspective or designed to make a case for your point of view, that's a persuasive and influential type of post. I think a lot of people and a lot of coaches struggle to really break down what that type of piece looks like. And I think it puts a big disservice to the client and to the person, because I've heard, I heard that advice before, just post every day, just post every day. And I did that. I posted every day for a year and I didn't get the results that I wanted. So it's more than that. It's a, it's, it's a layer deeper than that. And now how we write persuasive and influential content, that is a whole nother episode and a whole nother podcast. And for the record, I'm going to be doing a free training. So you can go ahead and mark your calendar for March 1st, because I'll be doing a free training on that. It's a three-part live series. So you'll be able to get your questions answered. So that's a whole nother podcast. Just mark your calendar and I'm sure we'll be reminding you as time goes, but Mark your calendar for that because I'll be talking about persuasion and influence and how we structure that piece of content so that you're going to be able to make a case for your point of view. So that rounds out that second piece of content, which, which is, it's still important to post every single day. You're ne- a baby doesn't learn how to run by the second they pull themselves up when they're learning how to walk. You have to, you have to, You have to put in your reps and you have to post consistently. You're not going to get better unless you're posting every single day and then taking a look to seeing the type and taking a look at your analytics and taking a look at your KPIs, your key performance indicators that are going to tell you how this piece is landing. And then you get to analytically, emotionally detach from it and ask yourself, am I just not? It, am, I, am I putting, am I serving this piece in front of an audience? that's not my ideal clients right now, or am I going over their heads? And am I, am I missing the mark on connecting, which will lead me to the third piece, the third tip, which is focus on the cause, not the effect. So most people will come to me and say, I need, just need to grow my followers. I just need to grow my followers. How do I grow my followers? I need more. I need more. I need more. I didn't get likes. I didn't get shares. I didn't get comments. I didn't get downloads. I didn't get watch time. Instead of approaching my content and come, coming from a place of how many likes can I get? Because I really ask myself, where's my attention? 
when I'm asking myself, do they like me? Am I getting likes? Am I getting, am I getting comments? That typically when I'm asking myself those questions, I, the focus is on me. And I don't know how long you've been following me or heard my story. You know that I left a, the, the theater industry because I thought I was leaving a narcissistic industry when that wasn't the case. I just had a lot of growth for me because wherever you go, there you are. And so the same is true as here when I was building my business and always focused on what are the likes? What are the comments? What are the shares? That was focused on me. So now I shift my focus on the cause and it moves my attention and my focus on my ideal client. When I powerfully ask myself, what do what does my community need to hear from me today to get better? How can I help my community? How can I serve my community? And that's how I analytically also look at my content. That's how I can help remove my own personal bias and my own personal heart. Now, let me tell you, it's not always easy. I, it's not always easy, especially because we are oftentimes pouring our heart into this content for our people. And I equate it to parent life. It's easier for me because I am a parent in the sense that I literally wake up every day and almost every action I take is for them. How can I get them ready for school? How do I get them ready for, for preschool? Did, did they get enough to eat? Did they get enough to, uh, uh, am, I, am I teaching them good habits? It's all about them. The same is true for my business. As I come at it with my content in this way, how can I make sure that I deliver this in a way that's going to serve my people? And then also when I'm thinking about the cause, I'm also thinking about my deeper purpose and my why. And I'll just be transparent. I was the trainer that studied, that, that always felt like she needed another education, that didn't feel like she was enough, that always just needed more, more, more so that I could help my clients. And I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing, but the reason why I'm so passionate about helping these smart struggling coaches is because in my years of experience of training hundreds of personal trainers, it was always the trainers that were like me, the ones that were the smartest, the ones that cared the most about their education and about, about fitness and, and changing and raising the standard for fitness were the ones that were struggling the most because they operate from a beginner's mindset, which I like to call the coaching curse because they always know that there's more to learn. There's more to learn and there's always a way to get better, which is an incredible gift for your clients, but can also hurt you in your marketing efforts. And those are the people that tend to be struggling, that are grinding, that are, that are putting in their hours and not generating the revenue that they want and deserve. And because I know what that feels like, I'm so passionate about helping the smart trainers make the revenue that they want and deserve. I want to shift the industry, raise the standard, stop the cheap, stop trainers thinking that they need to just make a lot of money for a dollar, that they need to sell a million, um, a million PDF programs for a dollar. I want to change the industry standard.
And I'm passionate about that. And that's how I get up in the morning. So when I focus on my deeper purpose, when I focus on my cause and ask, how can I show up powerfully to serve my people? That quickly moves me away from likes, comments, shares. Now, maybe you're asking, Beverly, but you just said I need to look at my razor's edge content and I need to look at whether or not it's resonating. And so, yes, right? There's a paradox in everything, but I want you to know there's a very powerful difference because I'm looking at that data and not personalizing it or making it mean anything about me or my worth. So I look at that data clinically and focus on my cause. And when you can do that and shut out all the noise of what people are going to think about me, and I also start posting consistently, this is when your Instagram is going to grow. So now let's dive in to tip number four, which is going to be something that is going to help you increase your engagement on your post, which is ask for it funny. Yesterday I was doing a a story about the power of asking, because if you haven't heard in a previous episode, my last or two episodes ago, I had Mel Abrahams on the podcast, who is a incredible speaker. Please listen to it if you haven't, but he's been on a lot of really powerful stages and just a really incredible human and, and business owner. And people kept asking me how I got him on the podcast. I asked for it. I asked him to come. I think people underestimate the power of asking. And now the same thing, one caveat, I'd be remiss not to mention that, you know, I have invested a lot in my business to put myself in the right rooms with the right mentors, with the right coaches so that I could be introduced to to these type of connections and collaborations. However, They don't just fall into your lap when you hire a coach. You still have to ask. And people underestimate the power of asking. Same is true if you're trying to increase your sales. Ask yourself, are you asking for it? So what does that mean? That means that in your post, invite a conversation. Ask them to like it. Ask them to share it. Ask them to double tap. Ask them them how they're doing. Write Write an incredible, powerful post and then ask them what they think. It's kind of like, it's kind of like when you go to a party and we're going to talk about this analogy as we keep going, but when you go to a party and you say, hi, I'm Beverly, how are you? Someone's going to answer the question. And then typically they will say, how are you? But if no one's asking you any questions back, or if, if you're not asking questions back, then the conversation dies, but it's always starts with an ask. So you want to have a call to action on every post, on every piece of content that you put, every podcast out, everything that you put out invites engagement. That doesn't have to be click the link in my bio all the time. No, it could be, hey, what are you up to this weekend? This is what I'm doing. If you know someone, if chances are, if you're anything like me, or if you like this, if you like this post, chances are your friends will too. Tag a friend who needs to see this. And you're like, ah, Beverly, that's so cheesy. I get it. I totally get it. Make that sound like you. It's what I tell my clients. Make that sound like you. And also, what if you get crickets? Well, what if you get crickets? I get crickets all the time. So what? What's going to happen? 
More importantly, what are you making the crickets mean? What would it look like if you could powerfully look at that and ask yourself, what's causing this piece of content to not resonate? So let me give you an example, okay? If you look at my Instagram right now, my podcast promotions, when I encourage people to go listen to my podcast, it tanks. I mean, it literally, every single one, they just do not. I ask every post, like, give me your biggest takeaway. They tank, it tanks, literally. And I know that the guests that I have on my podcast are incredible, that they are just exceptional guests. I know that they will truly help you sharpen the saw. I know that they will help you master your messaging and marketing and really help you generate revenue. So I know when I'm looking at my Rager's of content, I know that it's good because it comes from a place of wanting to serve. I'm always getting better. Like in my heart, I know that these are powerful guests. So I look at the content and I'm like, well, I need to change it up. Let's change the creative. Let's change some of the copy. Let's let, you know, and I, and, and I'll split test. I'll start testing other things and seeing how well it does. That doesn't mean my podcast is not good. I'm super excited. We're over 11,000 downloads on this podcast and we've been awake for six months. That's, I'm so grateful for that. So I know it's not about me and it's not about my podcast. I just gotta, I'm not hitting it on my Instagram in a way that's gonna resonate with you. That's okay. It's okay. Sometimes, but my story, when I post about the podcast on my story, it does really well. People share it on, on their story. Well, that's an example of me looking at my own content and looking at my KPIs and seeing how I can make it improve. And I'm comparing it to my own stuff, not to anybody else. I'm not going to look at somebody's day, thir- you know, year 13, compare it to my year five, and then wonder why I'm not there. That's like my toddler looking at my, looking at me and saying, why am I not, why am I not as strong as you, mom? I've just got more years in the game, girl. Right? Same thing. I'm comparing it again to myself, to how it's doing in my own, in my own week to week. Okay. So anyway, that was kind of a slight tangent to number four, which is ask for it, ask for the engagement. So let's get into number five. Okay. So now we're going to get into some, you know, nitty gritty searchable hashtags. Friends, I heard someone recently say that, you know, they're not sure if hashtags actually work. I'm here to tell you that hashtags work and that the general population, they might not use hashtags on their content, but I'm telling you right now, they are searching hashtags to find you. And, and so much so that Facebook is also using hashtags in a powerful way, in a similar way to Instagram. Think, how do I know this? I just screenshotted it and sent it to my PT Profit Plus people. But look at the, uh, when you are on your page and you're scrolling pieces of content, if the person on the Facebook has used a hashtag or a couple of hashtags, you're going to get a prompt under, and you engage with it, you'll get a prompt that says browse more posts with this hashtag. 
So if, if Facebook is mirroring hashtag use on Instagram, like, or if Facebook is mirroring hashtag use, then I'm telling you right now, hashtags on Instagram work and they are, uh, that is how your general population finds your content. So now if you're asking yourself, oh, but Beverly, my hashtags, they're not working, then I want you to look at your hashtags and really ask yourself, am I using a hashtag that my ideal client is searching? So if you're someone who serves general population, chances are they are not searching hashtag hypertrophy. So really ask yourself and look at those hashtags. And then also if you're a newer account and you're, you don't have, a, you don't have that following that's 10 K plus, then your hashtags, they need to be smaller. Meaning fit fam is don't use that. That's got like 37 million posts. It's only going to be alive for three seconds. So it, it, it won't even make it. It'll make it on the recent tab, maybe for three seconds. So you really want your ha searchable hashtags to be in a range and go look at your insights. So here's what I usually tell my people, especially if they're under that 10K threshold, is that go for the 10, 10, 10. I actually do 10, 15, 5. So what that means is that I'm going to find 10 hashtags that are in the 1K to, to 100K range, meaning that there's not enough, there's not a lot of posts or there's not enough, there's not a lot of posts underneath that. There's, you know, there's, you know, 10K posts, 37K posts. So maybe I'll do, instead of FitFam, maybe I'll do FitFam NYC. Maybe I'll do, uh, and that's, I'm just guessing, but let me look at, let me look at my, let me just do it right now. I've got my phone right here, so we'll just hang out. So if I'm looking for, you know, Fit, you know, FitFam, so FitFam, let me just see, that has 116 million posts. Oop, no. If I do FitFam NYC, that's got just a thousand posts. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to use that one. If I'm going to do fit fat, you know, fit fam, fit fam, New York, that's even less, that's less than a hundred posts. So I might do that. I might split test it. The reason why I'm saying that is because you don't want it to be too low. If there's only one post on there, then that means then chances are people are not using it. So another way is, and then, you know, my 15 hash, hashtags, they're going to be a hundred K posts to 50 for to 500 K posts. And I'm going to just keep testing it. Now, those are some pretty big numbers when it comes to the number of posts on there, you know, 300 K posts. So just take a look. Sometimes I'll get really specific and I'll use hashtags that have no more than 40 K posts on it. And then I'm going to look at my insights that people find me, how many people found me through the hashtags versus when I use some bigger posts. And then the last hashtags, I will use the big, I call them the big dogs where they're, you know, their posting range is anywhere from 500 to 900 K posts on it, but literally no more. If there's more than a million, the hashtag is too big. No one's going to find your content, but split test it, take a look, make sure you're measuring your KPIs and see how many people are finding it. Okay. 
Tip number six, give before you get. This kind of goes along with with tip number three, which is, you know, focus on the cause, not the effect and shifting your perspective on, you know, from yourself and moving it towards your actual client. But give before you get. If you want comments, likes, shares, then you go and comment, like, and share. And honestly, I operate from two times. I go and give two to three times more than I want. So I'm going to go and find my ideal clients and I'm going to go comment, like, share their stuff. Now I might not share, I, I don't sometimes, I don't share my ideal client stuff to my speed because if it doesn't serve my client or serve my trainers, then I probably am not going to share it, but I will tag some of my friends if I need to, uh, if it's, um, you know, like a get mom giveaway, like I will, I will connect. I will engage with my ideal clients. The other thing that I'm going to do is that I'm going to share my colleague stuff. If my colleague stuff serves my ideal clients, I'm going to share it. I give before I get, and I give, and, and I always give from a place of wanting to of wanting to serve. So if my, if someone's content is going to serve my community, I'm going to give it. It also keeps me focused on my ideal client and not on me. So which is also going to lead me to tip number seven, which is comment back. So it, it you want to hang out on your Instagram when you post, hang, hang there for a while. Cause you'll be doing the, the giving before you getting do it right around the time that you're posting, because when you, people will see it, they'll come to your post. They'll want to give as well because, uh, because of any reciprocity of life. Think about it. When your girlfriend or friend takes you out to lunch, your automatic instinct is to take them out for lunch. Well, the same is here. True here. When you give comments, likes, and shares, people want to reciprocate. So they'll come back to your profile and they'll comment on your stuff. And hopefully if you've asked for the comment, they'll comment and then you want to comment back. Instagram is going to say their algorithm is going to go, oh, this piece of content is irrelevant. So let's push it out to more of your followers because Instagram, Instagram only sends out the post to a section of people, a certain amount of people. It doesn't send it to everybody that follows you. So it's getting a read on whether or not this post is relevant. And if it starts to say, oh yeah, people are interested in, they're engaging with it. That's another reason why asking for it's very important. And Instagram will send it out. So commenting back is very important. And it will also deepen that connection, deepen that sense of community. Tip number eight, collaborate. (laughs) I did not mean for that to rhyme, but I'm laughing. So you want to get out in your Instagram, go live, do some collaborations and collaborating can be really powerful because it's going to, it's going to get your information out in front of your, uh, an audience. So if you can collaborate with people that have the same audience as you, but maybe you serve and give different things that can be a very powerful experience. And that's going to help you grow your Instagram. That's going to help you grow your audience because you're doing collaborations and you're getting out in front of other people's audiences. Very powerful. And then tip number nine is direct outreach. Now, 
direct outreach means the same thing. It's similar to give before you get, but it was interesting. You know, some people are very split on this, but I want you to think, and they're, they're, they'll say things. I'm not, you know, I don't want to, I'm not trying to convince. I don't want to be sleazy. I don't want to slide into someone's DM and I don't want to, I don't want to be pushy. And listen, I get that. I, but think of it like this. You're at a bar. This is a cocktail party. You aren't going to the cocktail party and, and, you know, sliding next to somebody and being like, Hey, how are you? Can I buy you a drink? Want to get married? No, that's not what we're doing. We're not at the party being like, Hey, hi, what are you doing? I want to get married. Hey, I'm Beverly. Want to get married? That's not what we're doing. And that's not the intention behind the direct outreach. So I want you to just check in with tip number three and ask yourself, am I focusing on the cause or the effect? Am I focusing on how can I get more clients or am I focusing on how can I serve my community? That when you check in with your intention, that's going to be very different in how you approach your, your content, creating your persuasive and influential content, and also your, your DMs and your direct outreach that you do, because it's not about how can I convince these people? You're not trying to push them into thinking anything. You're wanting to inspire, to influence, to create connection. And you have a choice. You can go into the cocktail party and you can stand at the wall and you could be decked out to the nines or in your like, you know, decked out in your casual comfort, decked out in you and stand powerfully against the wall and wait for somebody to come and talk to you. Or you can take that same suit of armor, decked down into the nines, powerfully you and come to the cocktail party and introduce yourself and say, hey, I'm Beverly, how are you? Because that's what I'm talking about with direct outreach. Meeting someone, connecting with them, and then saying, hey, can I buy you a drink? Can I buy you a drink? Can I buy you a drink? You know what? It makes sense for us to go on a date. Makes sense for us to get married. How long is that time frame? Well, really depends. Just like on any relationship, it really depends depends. And now we're talking about that customer journey and the ladder of believability, which is a whole nother podcast, but it depends. And it can be as fast as one post, three posts, three posts, one post in a DM, one podcast in a DM. It literally can go as fast as slow as you need it. And by need it, I mean, lessons that you need or success that you want. But direct outreach, it's very important. It is part of the fast organic way. So I'm not saying go in, you know, MLM people and be like, hey, I got this really awesome, you know, and no offense and no offense, you know, I get it. Network marketing is very powerful. I do not mean to say that it's a bad or wrong thing. I'm just saying we've all had those moments where people have slid into our DMs, not even been network marketers even, and just been like, hey, I've got this awesome thing. You want this? No, that's not what I'm talking about. Do you want to connect with your community and direct outreach is part of that? And then the last tip, since we're in 2021, and this is going to be such a segue and so odd, but the truth is tip number 10 is Clubhouse. Get on Clubhouse. Now, you might be thinking, 
oh no, Ever Beverly, you tell me to double down on one platform and you ask me where are people hanging out, blah, 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 blah. Listen, I get that and I'm not, the intention is not to overwhelm you, but it's just to maybe dip your toe in to start to get familiar about what Clubhouse is, okay? It can be very powerful. And the reason why I'm saying that is I want you to remember just real quick, okay, that there was a time when Instagram didn't exist, and if you're anything like me, you've been around the block for a while, okay? And you might even remember the time when Instagram didn't exist. In fact, it was my mom and my sister that taught me how to use Instagram. So there was a time when it did not exist. FYI. So it's you, we might have that inclination to be like, oh no, this isn't for me. I, I just need to double down on this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not, and not, yeah, yes. Double down on Instagram, double down on your connection, double down on what works, but just keep your eyes and ears open for other opportunities and ways for you to show up powerfully inside your business. Now I'll leave Clubhouse for its own separate uh, podcast but I wanted, uh, and I'll get a guest who's a super expert because I am not right now. I'm just lurking right now. I'm just seeing how it's working, seeing how people are showing up, but I'm going to tell you it's backed by some investor, big investors. And Instagram is also mirroring its way. It's going to have a feature that it's going to mirror Clubhouse. So that signals to me that Clubhouse is not going away and that it is important. And the reason why it's going to grow your Instagram is because right now Clubhouse is in its very beginning stages. And so you'll go into these rooms with these people and there's no way for you to chat with them. The only way to chat with them right now is to connect with them on Instagram. So when I first signed up for Instagram, my Instagram started to grow because I was hanging out in, in Clubhouse and I was listening to Clubhouse. As I'm watching the, the Clubhouse app grow, it's going to grow, it's going to get better. And so you really you know, wanna ask yourself, do you wanna be on the front end? It's not gonna go away. So it's just something to consider. I will leave you with that. Those are the 10 tips. So let's just quickly recap. Number one, razor's edge content. Number two, consistent posting. Number three, focus on cause, not the effect. Number four, ask for it. Five, searchable hashtags that your clients are searching. Give before you get. Number six. Number seven, comment back on every comment. Number eight, look for ways to collaborate. Number nine, direct outreach with your ideal client. And then number 10, consider showing up powerfully on Clubhouse and connecting on Clubhouse. And those are the 10 ways to grow your Instagram in 2021 for now. Of course, as as the digital world is changing, these tips will change. And I will, of course, always upgrade and update these tips as time change. So if you like this episode, let me know. Please screenshot it on the Instagram. Speaking of Instagram and connect with me and tell me what your number one way that you're going to be focusing on this year to grow that Instagram. All right. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. And I'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the PT Profit Podcast. 
If you like this episode, chances are your friends will too. So it would be a huge service to us if you would please leave us a review and share with your friends on your social media channels. When you leave us a review, be sure to take a screenshot of it and email that screenshot to my team at info at bsimpsonfitness.com. And we'll send you a very special Instagram podcast that will show you how to create compelling content so that your ideal clients come to you and you go from wanting clients to a wait list of clients ready for your services. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.